Jeez. Oh, oh, hold on. Oh, babe, I gotta take this call. Take the baby, take the baby. It's about the donkeys. Hello? What? I'll give you a hundred dollars. Oh, what? We're buying a dog. <laughs> 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 Say cheese. Welcome. Great to have you guys here today. I want to say a quick hello to all of our campuses. Thanks for being a part of our services today. By the way, on the way in, if you did not get a packet, uh, we want to just raise your hand if you would at all the campuses, and we're going to get you one right now. Uh, we're going to have our, our uh, All Things New offering in the middle of the sermon in just a little while, just so you're prepared for that. We saw some people scrambling for, for something to write with. So if you didn't get a packet, just hold your hand high. Would you do that real quick? And we'll bring one to you. Our ushers can get one to anyone. Not, okay, everyone has one. Okay, great. Thank you for the. Oh, over here, there's a couple right here. And so just hold your hand high. We'll get, get one your way. At all of our campuses, if you need one, just hold your hand high. And our ushers are going to run around and grab one real quick for you. And so, again, thanks for being a part of our services today. And we've been praying for months about this, by the way, uh, about our All Things New offering. So if you're a visitor, we're glad you're here. Don't, don't, don't be nervous like, oh, gosh, you're going to expect me to come up. We're not. You're visiting. We know that. We're just glad you're here. And I believe it's going to be a powerful time for you to be a, be a witness to uh, what God does in our church as we uh, prayerfully consider what God would have us do above and beyond our tithe uh, during this All Things New offering. And the All Things New offering, just, just you know what it is, um, you know, months ago, three or four months ago when we had the storm that Hurricane Harvey came through, totally destroyed our, not only the city of Rockport uh, and Aransas Pass and Port Aransas, but our campus in Rockport, which is literally two blocks from the water, took, the, took a direct hit and destroyed the campus completely. And so we are, we felt led not only to, first of all, go rebuild Rockport, which we've been busy doing. Uh, we actually helped over 700 homes get people in their homes get back on their feet again. Over 3,500 volunteers went into the community over about a month and a half time. We fed 2,500 people a day for one month straight. I mean, we poured into the city of Rockport, Aransas Pass, and Port Aransas. And so... And in the process of that, the very first night, uh, 18, 18 hours after the storm had hit, I was walking through our building uh, with giant holes in it everywhere, water everywhere, shattered glass broken all, broken all over the place, um, just in tears seeing it. And that's when God spoke to me as I looked around the city of Rockport as well as our campus. And God told me in Revelation 21.5 where Jesus said, Behold, I am making all things new. And so we believe God is leading us to rebuild the city of Rockport, rebuild the Rockport campus, as well as other things like we're going to be building a San Antonio campus. And we're also going to be uh, finishing the renovations at our Westside campus and upgrading our technology a bit uh, so we can be better prepared for satellite technology to all the campuses. And so those are just some things we're going to be doing. And that's later on in the service. Many of you guys already came to a banquet that we had this week at all of our campuses. And so we want to thank those of you who could come. If you couldn't come, we understand, or maybe somehow we missed you. We apologize if we did. We really tried to get everyone uh, to get you invited to an event like that, all of our leaders. And so we're just grateful uh, for anything that you choose to do today. We don't have a numeric goal. The only goal I have is participation goal to where everyone says, you know what, this is my church. I want to get in on this. I don't care if you commit a dollar. If that's a sacrifice for you, great. 
you do whatever sacrifice is for you. It's not about the amount of money. It's about saying, Lord, all of our hearts are in this together. We want to make all things new. And so thank you for that. Later on in the service, we'll, we'll have our time for that. So do me a favor, pull out your notes, uh, something right when you may say, well, I don't have notes. Well, uh, it's been a busy week. I apologize for that, but I'm going to give you some notes to take. And so you're going to give you some things to write down. First of all, let's say our mission statement together. What are we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. You guys got in front of me on that one, man. I got to catch up with you. I love it. So again, thanks for being a part of our services today. How many of you guys feel like you just have more to do than you have time? Anybody relate to that? You feel like, man, I'm just overwhelmed with all the activities I have to do. And then, you know, then you add Christmas. See, I think it's not that Christmas is stressful because of Christmas. I think we're already pretty stressed. We're already pretty overloaded and busy with stuff. And then you add Christmas to that, and it kind of puts it over the edge for us, right? Puts us over the top. All of a sudden, you're like, man, I'm already busy. Now I've got Christmas parties to worry about. Now I've got to get the lights on the house. Now I've got to get organized because I've got family coming to town. I've got to get all the gifts ready. I mean, there's all that on top of a busy schedule kind of puts us over the edge, doesn't it? And so if you are like me and you get a bit overwhelmed at Christmas time, Today's message is for you. We're going to talk about the wise men today. But as we do that, I know the first thing people think about the wise men is that they went and they worshiped the Savior. Of course, that was the whole point of the wise men, right? But how they got there is very interesting. And so what did they do along the way? If these men were so wise and we should study how they lived their lives, what we can determine from them and how they made this journey. And so let's talk about that today because I believe that one of the reasons why we're overwhelmed is because we all have a load to carry. Every one of us has some kind of load to carry. We all have responsibilities. We have mortgages or rent to pay. We all have got stuff to do, right? And I don't think the answer is for us to, to not be overwhelmed is to quit doing that, to skirt our responsibilities. That's not the answer. So the answer is in how we carry it. I, recently, I went to a physical therapist. You guys know my back has kind of been giving me fits lately. And, and uh, I went to a physical therapist, and she told me, she said, you know, Pastor, it's not that you are carrying too much of a load. That's a nice way of saying I'm not too fat. And so she said, it's not that you're carrying too much of a load. She said, it's how you carry it that's the problem. I thought, that sounds like most of us, doesn't it? It's not that we shouldn't carry the load we have. It's just how we carry it determines whether we're hurting or not. And so she said, we're just going to teach you how to strengthen your core. We're going to teach you how to walk differently, how to really sit upright, how to sit right. I thought, oh, so posture matters with the load you're carrying. In the same way, our posture matters in the responsibilities we carry as well. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Look at the scripture. If you've got a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 2 is where we're going to start off. It says this. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me back up. So keep your place in the Bible there. If you, if you have a Bible in front of you or a Bible app, that's fine too. I want to read another scripture first. Luke 2.14 says this. Give glory to God in heaven, and on earth let there be peace among the people who please God. Isn't that good? Do you have peace? Let me ask you, do you have a sense of peace about you right now? Or are you like, man, I am busy and crazy, and the last thing I would describe myself as someone that's peaceful. God wants you to have his peace. He really does. And so now let's look at Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. Let's talk about the wise men and, and, and what they did. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. So they showed up in Jerusalem and listen to how clear they were about what they were there for. We're like, we showed that they showed up. They don't say, "Hi, I'm Bob, and this is you know Larry, and this is so." They didn't do that. They didn't go. This is what we're you know we live over in the east of such and such. They didn't do any of that. 
They said, hi, we've come to find Jesus, the, the newborn king of the Jews. Where is he? Notice how specific it was, right? I wonder if we can learn a lesson from that, that they were all about single-tasking, not multitasking. We think we're so smart because we multitask, but the truth is, is that we're just overloading ourselves. What if we just learned a single-task again? Just do the one thing you need to do. Get that done, and the stress will go away. If you're like me, the one thing you need to do, you don't want to do. How many can relate to that? Taxes are due. You'll do anything but taxes, right? You never want to clean the house. The day taxes are due, you'll clean the house. It's like you do everything but the one thing you need to do, right? And so it's just funny how that works. You, know, you got homework to do, right? And you're like, I want to do anything but homework. And so, but if we learn to do the single task we're supposed to do, a lot of our stress goes away because that's what's weighing you down. Is that one thing you know you, you need to just get it done, just, just, just do that. And so I want to encourage you that oftentimes people are grasping for our time and then this, is, this happens especially at Christmas, you get invited to all kinds of Christmas parties, all kinds of events, and some of those you want to go to, but some of them you really don't. But yet you feel obligated to go to everything, don't you? Are you like me? You're like, you're like, sure, I'll do that, knowing I don't have time, knowing I'm too busy, right? But somehow we feel like we're supposed to do it. So they show up at Jerusalem, and guess who meets him at the door? Herod, the king. He's like, hey, what are you doing here, right? His men are there. They're like, what are you doing here? We came to meet the newborn king of the Jews. His men are like, whoa, there's another king? And so they go and tell Herod. Herod's like, whoa, 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 what are we talking about? There's, I'm the king here. There's no other king. So he calls his men in, and they're like, okay, go get all my, all my you know, advisors. I want to hear from them. Is this true there's supposed to be some king of the Jews? And they're like, yes, sir. 700 years ago, Isaiah prophesied that there would be king of the Jews. And they're like, you're kidding me. He was like, yeah, it's supposed to be born in Bethlehem, according to this, according to Isaiah. So he's like, well, I need to go find out where this baby is. And so then King Herod brings in the wise men and says, after discussing with his advisors, hey, you guys come here, I want to talk to you real quick. So this is what he says to them. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. He told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go worship him too. Well, fat chance of that. We know he wasn't going to worship him. He was going to kill him. In fact, we know Herod tried to kill Jesus. He didn't, he didn't succeed, thank God. But he did try to kill him. He killed all the newborn first, first, first uh, males of all the families of the Jews, which is horrific what he did. And so, but that's how much he was threatened by this newborn baby Jesus. Isn't it amazing? A baby Jesus is so powerful that as a baby he's got he's intimidating kings. How think about that? How powerful is that? He's intimidating even a king who you know has all the power of all of Jerusalem, and yet he's literally scared of him. But what's interesting to me is he says, hey, come back here, let me know where he is. Well, they don't do that at all. So these wise men are wise enough to know that they need to keep their agenda and not listen to other people's agenda. Isn't that important? So what does this mean for you and me? If you want to write something down, would you write this down, number one? Make time decisions based upon your convictions, not others' agendas. Make time decisions based upon your convictions, not other people's agendas. Job 14.5 says, our time is limited. You, God, have given us only so many months to live and have set limits we cannot go beyond. What if someone told you you only had so many months to live? Would that change your life? Would it change how you acted day by day? Would it change what you do day by day? Well, I'm here to tell you, you, don't, you do only have so many months to live. It's just that it may be years, but it's still only so many months. So when you hear so many months, you think, whoa, whoa that means I don't have very long. You describe it in months. But we don't know how many years we do have. 
And so that actually is a big deal for us to understand that. So many months does matter. Look at 1 Corinthians 6.12. It says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. So just because you can go to that event doesn't mean you need to. Just because you can do this doesn't mean you should take your time. You ever found yourself binging on a TV show, not because you really want to watch it, because you just don't want to stop it and actually do what you're supposed to do? Right? It's just easier to lose myself in, you know, stranger things and actually look at the things I should be doing, like meaningful things, you know what I'm saying? So it's funny how we have a tendency to do that. So we need to make time decisions based on our convictions and not just other people's agendas. And so it's important we do that, especially during the Christmas holidays. Look at Matthew 2, verse 10. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. So when they did find the Savior, they immediately worshipped him. Look at Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. It says this, Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Wow. Wouldn't it be great to live freely and lightly in our lives? This means, number two, that we need to spend time in worship to create what I call emotional margin. Margin is space in your life that's not requiring anything of you. And so when you, when you get with the Lord, you know, last week, wasn't that powerful when we all got on our knees together and worshiped God? And you could just sense the Spirit of God in such a powerful way. It was an amazing moment. But that's not limited to last week's message we can do that any time. Just hit our knees and just honor the Lord. It creates an emotional margin. We need time margin, like we talked about earlier, about not letting other people control our agenda, right? That's building time margin just because someone says, we want you to go to this or go to that. You don't have to say yes. In the same way, we need to create emotional margin, which is where you spend that time with God. Say, Lord, I just need you right now. I just, I just ask you to fill me up, and I just want to worship you. Wise people still worship the Lord. And so they came to worship the Savior. When you stop and worship God, he's honored, but it also fills you up. This is why it's so important to come each weekend to church. Because this is the one thing that when life gets crazy, you can always count on God speaking to you. You can always count on his presence. You can always count on being with the Lord. And so I want to encourage you that this holiday season to make sure you're faithful to church. Make sure you're also faithful during the week. You just stop every day, just for a few moments, and just say, God, I just want to honor you. I just want to stop before I get out of bed and say, Lord, I just love you. I just, I just want to tell you that, that you mean the world to me, right? You can say that great prayer every day. Say, God, you know, I just want to thank you, Lord, that I haven't sinned today. I haven't cussed. I haven't yelled at anyone. I haven't had a bad attitude. I haven't done any of that. But, Lord, in just a few moments, I'm going to get out of bed. And after that, I'm going to need your help. <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking about? So we all need that time with God. To say, Lord, I just need you today, and I want to honor you right now. When you do that, he fills you with his power, with his presence, and you can just have that peace knowing God is with you. So when they found Jesus, remember the star stops over where he's at? They immediately realize this is where the Savior is. They go in, they immediately hit their knees, they worship him. And then in worship, what do they do next? They do what we're about to do here. It says, then they open their treasure chests. And gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, we know gold is very valuable. If you give gold to someone this Christmas, I bet it's not just your third cousin, right? If you're like, no, no, that's, that's the kind of gift you give someone that you love dearly. That's, that's like a 
husband, wife gift, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance. That's, that's one of those level gifts. That's not something you just dole out to anybody, right? We know gold's expensive. Um, then frankincense is something you give. It's a gift that you, that's befitting of a king, of, of someone of royalty. And myrrh was like an oil that you would give uh, to embalm a, a royal person who had died. King Tut was embalmed in myrrh. And so, so why would you give myrrh to a baby unless you knew that baby's destiny was to give his life for all of us? So that's why they gave that gift. And so number three is to give Jesus your best. And so in just a few moments, we're going we're gonna to bring our offering to the Lord forward in the middle of the service here. Just a few moments, we're about to do that. Before I do that, I just want to stop and pray. And you know, people across all of our campuses are going to be participating in this moment. And I believe we're entering into a holy moment. Those of you who are visiting with us, this is not normal. We don't do this every week. I can count on one hand the amount of times we've done this in service um, in 20 years as a church. So it's a very rare moment, a special moment. If you have taken the time to fill out your card and, and to put that commitment card with a gift inside the envelope, if you'll just do that now, uh, if you've not already done that, and if you've already done it, if you're sitting next to your spouse, would you just reach over with that envelope and just have both of you grab that envelope together? Maybe you're sitting with your family. You may even let your, your kids stretch across and, and put their hands on it too since you're giving this as a, as a family. You know, just earlier, a little girl came backstage. Someone wanted me to meet her because she gave her bicycle to the Lord today. Do you understand the precious value to a little girl to give her bicycle? Earlier today, a little boy, they brought me this. They said, a little boy put his Xbox money in an envelope, and he, he tested God. I love this. He said, okay, God, if this is really what you want, then let one of the leaders walk by me on the way out. Isn't that funny? He put it in his pocket, and sure enough, Pastor Zach said, I just walked by him and said hi. And he said, come here. <laughs> he said, what? He said, I know God told me. He just sold his Xbox. I guess he had plans for that money. He said, I know God told me to give my Xbox money to the church. Here it is. How crazy is that? Sacrificing for God. This is a jewelry, jewelry appraisal that came with this gift. And someone gave a, a beautiful diamond ring that obviously was from an engagement. I don't know the history of the engagement, but they gave this to the Lord today and said, just get what you can for it. So if you're about to ask your girlfriend to marry you, you may want to come see me <laughs> and hook a brother up. But Do you understand the precious value of a gift like this to someone? This is more than a diamond, isn't it? This is someone's life. This, there's a history behind this. And they say, Lord, I want you to have that. Wow. Bringing their treasure. It's incredible. This may help them close a chapter in their life at the same time. What's your treasure? What's your gift today? I'm going to stop for a moment and just pray and ask God to do something special at all of our campuses right now. So if you'll just join me in prayer. As you hold that envelope in your hand, some of you are still preparing it. That's fine. Let's just pray. God, thank you for this moment. Lord, the wise men brought treasure. Doesn't say they, they gave something from their wallet. Doesn't say they gave a regular gift. They brought treasure, something you save for, something you prepare for, something you set aside. God, thank you, Lord, that it's still wise today to worship you and out of worship, to give to you. 
So Lord, we thank you as a church today that we can be a people of sacrifice, that we can go beyond the norm, go beyond the call of, of regular giving to say, God, we would just want to say we love you. And Lord, we want to be a part of this, a part of something bigger than us, God. Thank you, Lord, today as we give, we're helping rebuild Rockport as a city, as a church. God, today we're helping take that next step in San Antonio, opening up a beautiful facility there to reach thousands for Christ. Thank you, God, that we're making an impact on the west side, that we're helping take the gospel further. Thank you, God, that as we give today, that collectively we're all in, sacrificing as one church, many locations. So, Lord, today we ask you to honor this sacrifice, honor the treasure we bring today to you, to say we love you and we want to be a part of your great work here at our church. So, Lord, we give to you now. We bless you, Lord. You've blessed us. So we bless your work. In your name we pray. Amen. If you feel led to give leaders, you can come forward. Heads of households, couples, individuals, you just come forward now and honor God. And uh, as people come forward across all of our campuses to honor the Lord, to bring a sacrifice, we just want to say thank you. Right now, there are people coming forward in Alice, Texas, wanting to make an impact. There are people at the broadcast campus coming forward. At the Northwest campus, there's couples, individuals honoring the Lord. At Padre Island, there's people coming forward saying, God, I want to still do your work. I may be retired. I'm still going to do your work. I may be in the fishing business. Well, you know what? I'm going to be fishers of men, too, as Jesus says. People coming forward at the Rodfield campus. There are individuals right now coming forward in Rockport, Texas, giving sacrificially when they've lost everything. Right now, there's people coming forward in San Antonio. People saying, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing in Rockport, even before we even have a building here in San Antonio. There's people coming forward at the West Side campus saying, God, I want to be a part of this renovation. I don't want to just expect other people to pay my way. I want to give towards what you're doing here at the West Side. People online right now, you can click right now, right above your screen and click giving, and you can give. Some of you that may say, well, I don't have an envelope to fill out, but I want to be a part of this. You can text to give right now to 45777, any amount. Put the word unlimited and then the word new after that. You can give that way. Many of you have already got, given online. Right now, there's, there's men coming forward in our prisons, giving sacrificially from their accounts that they have in prison. Can you imagine that? People sacrificing. It's not about the amount. It's about the sacrifice. Are we willing to be a part of what God is doing? I don't know about you, but I just sense the Spirit of God moving right now across all of our campuses as we just say, Lord, I want to be in on this. Right now, there's some people scrambling, saying, wow, I had no idea this is going to be this special. I want to be in on this. It's okay. We're, we're going to extend this time. You can take and grab an, one of those cards and fill it out right now and say, I want to do this. I want to be a part of this. You'd be amazed what you can do. Well, say, I, I don't have much to give. I can't give. You know, if you gave $60 a week for the next 17 weeks, you realize you're going to give $1,000. $60 bucks a week. You spend that at Chili's. You spend that at Target easily, by the way, right? You know, we can honor, honor the Lord today. If a little girl can give her bicycle, wow, what's God going to do in that little girl's life over the next few years? How special is that going to be? You know, what's God leading you to do? The sacrifice you are to make. Thank you for this. 
You're not giving to Church Unlimited, you're giving through Church Unlimited as we make an impact and make a difference here and around the world. So thank you for your gift today. Thank you for your sacrifice. And so we'll wait if you're busy filling something out like, oh man, I want to do this. I, want, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do something. That's okay. You, you take your time. That's fine. We're just so grateful for your support as people continue to step up and honor the Lord. Maybe you're looking for a fresh start. You know, time and again, when God gave people a fresh start in the Bible, there was a fresh sacrifice. I don't know if you knew that. When an angel of the Lord showed up in front of Nehemiah, he said, please wait here. I want to bring you an offering. I want to bring you a sacrifice. You know, David, time and again, would stop on the battlefield. Did you know that? Arrows flying over his head, and he'd stop and he would build an altar and make a sacrifice to God. In the middle of a battle, maybe you're in the middle of a battle right now. You thought, I've tried everything else, Lord, but I haven't tried to stop and sacrifice to you and say, God, please be with me in my battle. So what's God doing in your life right now? Wow. Something special happening. Can you guys sense it? Can you guys sense the Holy Spirit moving right now? Among us, in us, and through us. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, sir. Incredible. Sacrifice of jewelry. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. My gosh. I don't know what to say. Thank you. Oh man, come on. God be the glory. To God be the glory. God's obviously moving in a powerful way. Thank you, campus pastors. Thank you so much. Let's give our campus pastors a hand, all of our campuses. We're grateful for them. Very grateful for them. Wow. It's incredible. I got a small Mr. T collection going up here of uh, jewelry. This is incredible. This is, this is amazing. I'm, I'm blown away. I don't mean to make light of it. That's incredible. Thank you. Wow. Thank you for being God's people. Thanks for being the real deal. Thank you for letting this church be a light to our community. When people come here, they go, no, those people are legit in their faith. This place is serious about the things of God. Thank you for that. Thank you for being that kind of church. Wow. Amazing. You know, as we continue, oh man, come on. We just had the same thought at the exact same time. Are you kidding? Somebody may need it. I need it. Thank you, guys. I don't know what to say. Thank you. Unbelievable. Thank you.
You know, when, when you're face to face with God, um, something changes in you. After the wise men worshiped the Lord and gave their treasure, and, and they, 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 I wouldn't say drove all that way, they walked all that way just to bring a gift, a treasure, just as many people have just done. That's, that's incredible. This is, this is their wedding bands. Wow. As people give, it changes them. And uh, the wise men were changed even when they gave to the precious baby Jesus. And, and in fact, after that, look what happens next in verse 12. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. This is important because the Spirit of God's moving right now. And maybe God is saying to you, there's more sacrifice than what you give, but you need to start walking a different route. So maybe today... God is telling you it's time to sacrifice a friendship. It may be you need to sacrifice a relationship that's all about you and not about God. Maybe he's asking you to sacrifice a habit that's destroying you and taking your potential of what you can do for the Lord. I don't know what God is desiring from you, but I believe that we need to be a people of sacrifice today. Not just financially, but in our lifestyle, making new decisions to say, okay, God, I'm going to walk a different route. So the Lord led them to go a different way home. He spoke to them through a dream. And when we hear about dreams, you think, oh, that'd be cool if God spoke to me through a dream. But remember, this is pre-Holy Spirit showing up in the book of Acts. So the way God speaks to us today is through the Holy Spirit. He gives us what I call a check on your spirit. You ever had that? When you're like, when something in you just goes, uh, I'm not supposed to do this anymore. I'm not supposed to go this direction anymore. I'm not supposed to be with this person anymore. I'm not supposed to, you fill in the blank. Whatever the Lord's saying, it's time, to, it's time to reroute you. This also means that they weren't really trying to impress Herod because they didn't go back to Herod to, to report back to him. They didn't really care what Herod thought. They wanted to listen to the Lord. And so number three was to give Jesus your best, which we have just done. Number four was to quit trying to impress others. And so sometimes we're so busy trying to impress others instead of really impressing God. And so rather than impress others, we should live by the impression of the Holy Spirit upon our lives instead. And so, you know, I love Christmas, but Christmas can also wear you out from the standpoint that we have to keep up with everybody. Like, are you putting Christmas lights in the house because you want them? That's great. Or because the neighbors have it and you've got to keep up with them, right? Do you like to have a big spread of food in your house, you know, all these cookies and decorations because you want it or because you feel like you've got to channel your inner Martha Stewart, you know? Just remember, that'll put you in jail too, you know what I'm saying? That's... That's what that leads to. Don't, don't, don't try that. So I want to encourage you to say, God, I want to honor you. I want to recenter my life around you and not about trying to keep up with everyone else and some kind of holiday tradition that just drives us crazy. Why don't we make a new tradition and say, God, we're going to keep it simple and make it all about your son? Because that's what Christmas means. Christ mass means Christians worship mass him. That's what Christmas means. So we are here to worship the one, the only, Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He reigns. He rules. It's about him. That's what we're about. Would you take a moment to bow your heads across all of our campuses? Wow, I, I, I can't make this stuff up. God's just displaying his glory right now. I can't make this stuff up. This is just God doing his work. So with your head bowed and your eyes closed during this time of worship, 
Have you honored the Lord today? Have you brought him a sacrifice? Praise God. Thank you. Some of you have done that. Maybe you're visiting with us today and you don't feel led to do it. That's okay. You've been a part of something. You got to see what God's doing. And that's wonderful. I love that. It's okay. I'm not trying to guilt anyone into doing anything they don't feel led by God to do. But with your head bowed and your eyes closed. You see, see, a young man didn't just give up his earrings and his, his diamond necklace. I bet there's some other things attached to that. I bet you anything he's saying, Lord, I'm putting you first. You know, a couple didn't just bring their wedding bands. I bet they're saying, God, you are the one that bands our marriage together. It's about you. We glorify you. Wow. I can't make this stuff up. This is God just doing his work. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you've never trusted Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you can receive him right now. Across all of our campuses, we're going to pray a prayer out loud together for those who've never received him. You can pray this prayer, and you can find Christ today. Would you pray this prayer with me? You can say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. You gave your life, so I receive you in my life right now. I ask you to become my Lord and my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Wow. Isn't God good? Blown away.